Today's episode is brought to you by Create Engage, the specialist digital marketing agency for the disruptive management consultancy. Now, for long-time listeners, you will probably already know who we are. You may have even heard one of our ads on a previous episode of this podcast. But for those of you who don't, here is a short introduction. At Create Engage, we help you create an effective marketing strategy for your consultancy, a strategy that will resonate with your target clients. And then we support you by delivering the campaigns you need to turn that strategy into a reality, helping you to build your brand, raise your profile with your prospective clients, and ultimately generate return on investment from your marketing activity. Now, I could tell you about many of the great clients that we work with and the results we've delivered for them. But instead, I'm going to do something much more powerful and something that I would recommend you do for your own marketing. I'm going to let our clients do the talking for us. If you are currently thinking about marketing for your consultancy, you're going to want to listen to this. Create Engage started the process for us. They managed it end to end. They came up with some really creative ideas and we were really happy with the work that they did, which meant that we could just focus on running the business. Not only did we start conversations with clients that we hadn't spoken to before, but also there was tangible return on investment by some work that we were given. They've helped right from the initial shaping of the idea through to helping us work out what our end goal was. They've supported us with the visual identity and our positioning of the brand. We've had an immediate expansion of our network and, and have initiated a raft of new conversations with owners, CEOs in, in target client organisations and has led to us winning new projects already. One of the greatest compliments, I guess, is that one of our competitors even said that uh, they really like what we're doing with marketing. They wish they could be doing something as good. So from our perspective, we couldn't recommend Create Engage any more than this. I would certainly recommend Create Engage if you're a consulting firm. They really understand consultancies and the sort of challenges we face. And, uh, you know, I don't think you're going to get much better marketing anywhere else. So I wouldn't hesitate to recommend Create Engage. They did a really good job for us. So if you're looking for an agency that can help you achieve the results that our clients just described, then head to our website, createengage.co.uk, where you can find out more about how we support consulting firms like you. You can download our latest ebook and you can get in touch to talk about how we can help you take your consultancy to the next level through digital marketing. Hi, and welcome to Climate Consulting. If you are a regular listener to the show, you'll already know from the title of this episode what it's all about. And if that's the case, feel free to skip past this intro on your podcast app, jump straight to the good stuff. But for those of you who maybe are new, maybe you're listening to this and you've only started listening to the series recently, you might want a few more details. And so here they are. Now and again, I like to switch things up and change from the usual interview format to give you something a little different. And that's what this episode, these best in the business mini episodes are all about. My guests provide so much great advice and nowhere is that truer and more actionable than in their answer to the very last question I ask, which is what one piece of advice would you give to someone who's just starting their career in consulting, someone who's at manager level and that final person who's approaching partner? I love hearing the varied and insightful responses from my guests, and I know you do too. And that's why I bring these episodes together, to give you a roundup of fantastic career advice all in one place. 
Now, as a slight change to the previous Best in the Business episodes, if you've been listening over the last few months, you'll know that we've been testing out some changes. Me and the team have been working on ways to improve the podcast. And one of the things we thought about was actually, should we hone this question and make it specific? So for example, where the guest has launched their own consultancy, should we ask their advice for others looking to do the same? And so in the last few episodes, and as you'll hear in today's episode, there were a few times that we tweaked this question. Now, because there wasn't one specific way we asked this to guests where we did change it, where we did ask it differently, where I asked it differently, I've left that question in the episode. So when you listen through If you don't hear me, it's because it's the question that I explained a moment ago. If you hear me ask the question, it's because it was specific to that guest, and I want you to have that context so you can understand their answer. That, as I say, with the caveat given, kind of explains what you're about to listen to, but what you'll probably also want to know is who are you going to be listening to? And today, we have all of the guests from the past eight months of Climate Consulting. I can't believe it's been that long in some cases. And we've got a huge variety of guests with different backgrounds, all of whom have run a raft of different consultancies from big to small, and they're all sharing their advice to help you accelerate your career. And so who is in this episode? We've got Rob Chapman, CEO and partner at Founders Intelligence. We've got Hugo Walkinshaw, business transformation leader and client partner. We've got Alison Essie, co-founder and director of The Storytellers. We've got David Little, CEO of the TCM Group. We've got Mark Campbell, chair of Wondrous and business advisor to Winfo Solutions. We've got Remco Optenkeller, CEO of Putnam Associates. We've got John Howard, CEO of Channel 3 Consulting. We've got Lawrence Hutter, chairman of the Brand Experience Group and senior advisor for QR and Alvarez and Marcel. And we've got Miriam Hall, partner at Chartwell Consulting. An amazing list of truly fantastic guests, people who have achieved brilliant things in their consulting careers and some fantastic advice that they're going to share and you're going to get to hear in a minute. I really enjoyed listening back to these episodes bringing all the advice together, hearing the similarities and the differences. And this helps me as much in my career in leading the team here at Create Engage as I know it does help you as a listener in in building yours and growing your consulting career. So with that intro done, all that's left to say is sit back, relax and enjoy today's special Best in the Business Roundup episode of Climbing Consulting. Well, I think one piece of advice I give to all of them is keep looking at what you really enjoy about the job and there are lots of bits of consulting that people don't enjoy and there are you know there are hard bits obviously like there are for all of us and you know it is a slightly crazy thing to try and do at times of you know take the hardest problem someone has tell them you can solve it for them and then give yourself a fixed amount of time and money to solve it and if it was easy they'd do it themselves and so you basically take all the most stressful stuff you possibly could and then you know set yourself up to have to deliver it back to them in three months time or something. So you're thinking at each stage. So when you're starting out, like what do you see that's really fun as well as the bits that are hard? Like, do you really enjoy the process of abstracting a problem and taking it from something real to something abstract and then back down into some real solution that someone can implement? And then sort of five years time, you know, when you're thinking about like, is this the sort of long-term career for you? I think it's that point around, do you enjoy solving other people's problems and and not in a consulting way i mean in a in a conversational way like actually if you enjoy having a conversation in the pub with someone and you're the one who's always sort of saying well actually have you thought about it like this and you know these are the sort of things like that's what i i I realize i love that like i i love bringing energy and clarity to other people's problems and you know and i do sort of a lot of conversations and i set a few boards now and they really excite me because it's it's fun 
And, and I think, you know, you might not yet at that stage be doing that with some of the clients. So, you know, hopefully you are, but like that's the sort of journey to then go into the senior management side of consulting when you're actually the sort of real advisor to a client and they're bringing you stuff that, you know, maybe is uncomfortable for them to share or, you know, big problems they have. And you sort of recognize at that point, is that somewhere I want to go by, by understanding if that's something you enjoy in the rest of your life. <laughs> and then the piece of advice I found most useful when I was sort of, you know, maybe in that junior partner kind of phase of growth was really about like, just make yourself interesting, go and be an interesting human and good things will happen because people want to talk to you. And I think that like, you know, I don't know what it's like at, at, at large organizations, but I, I hear it's, it's a stressful process trying to make partner and you're getting close and we, you know, and, and I'm sure it is. And, and I think the, the sort of, if you're going to be really good for a long time, you know, you have to think about sort of how you stay rounded and how you develop interests outside of work, because they'll probably fuel the, the best bits of your work in, in time. And the reasons why clients find you more interesting than someone else who's highly technically trained in how to be the perfect consultant. You know, it's like, I don't think, in fact, it's the number one piece of feedback we get from our clients is that we're really authentic nice interesting people and it's sort of annoying because like that's hard to say in any marketing <laughs> you sound awful yeah. but but as it soon is, as you it say is, that it what comes uh... back. we do these you know after every project we do an mps thing and a, a 15 minute conversation and it's what we always get it's like we love your people and we love talking to them and you know it makes me want to find ways to work with them more and that's what you want to hear as well as you know like, that we're technically quite good at our jobs and can deliver high quality work but yeah that's the advice i found most useful So for the youngster just starting, I'm pretty much going to say some things I've said already. I would absolutely say be interesting and be interested. Um, I think that's hugely important, both as a, as a you projecting yourself and, and what you're looking for, but also receiving. So it's kind of it's transmitting and receiving, you know, listen, learn, but, but be proactive. And, and I think added to that, I would say go with your gut, go with your instinct. So if you're doing work or working for someone or working somewhere or in a career path that you think is the logically the right thing to do for a career, but actually doesn't feel good to you. Don't do something that's going to you know, not make you happy. It is about having fun. It is about learning. It is about a positive environment. And I think some people certainly when I was leaving university ended up going into jobs that didn't suit them, but stay because it was sort of expected of them. It's kind of what the parents thought or what the peer group thought. So embrace it full on but if it's not fun and it ain't working go do something else for the manager i would suggest that the key thing for me is who are your mentors if you're at that stage to your point when you're just starting it's very hard to say i found a mentor you know you, you need some time i would hope and expect when you're five years in that you've got a sense of who your mentors are and it may well be some not necessarily the most senior person but there will be two or three people already in your in your work ecosystem who you just respect and you learn from and you want to spend time with don't get hung up about formalizing a, a relationship certainly not from a organizational hr perspective but just be open and and just go ask and just say can i lean on you for advice and you don't need to make a formal process of it but but engage let the, let the people know and if you haven't got anyone it probably means you're not looking. You're a, bit, you're a bit too focused on the trajectory. So go look because you can only go so far. You, you need those people. To the person about to make partner, two things. I'd say who's behind you 
because at that point, your success as a partner is not based on you as a sole contributor. Everything you're doing up until that point is really your performance based on a group of people behind you. But when you get into the partnership, it's about multiplying that. And you have to start thinking early. And I didn't. And so I'm not saying this because I got it right. I'm just saying this with a benefit of hindsight. You have to think about the people coming behind you. And you have to think about how do I make them successful? And how do I be honest with them? And so one of my weaknesses was I tried to help everybody. But I ended up spending disproportionate amounts of time with somebody that perhaps wasn't right for the partnership at the expense of spending time with others. And so then people look at you and they judge you and they kind of think, you know, either you can't see they're no good or you can see they're no good and you're choosing to do that. And, you know, whichever way you cut it, it kind of doesn't reflect well on you and it doesn't help the others. So, so just who's behind you, you know, who are you helping? And I'd also just encourage them to say, what are you thinking about in terms of, of, of outsider work? So, so, so how are you contributing, you know, to the broader firm and how are you contributing outside the firm? We've covered a lot of ground today. We've talked about, you know, your relationship building skills, the importance of listening, importance of stories. And this question might be a recap. It might be a chance to share something new, but it's very much focused on almost career advice for listeners. And mm. to paint the picture, to set the scene of the story, there's three people in front of you. One is just starting their career. They may be 21, 22, just out of university or just in their first job. There'll be someone else who I know is a sort of manager grade, but that's someone in their sort of mid-late 20s. They've done enough to have options. They've got experience, but they aren't at the kind of senior leadership end of an organization. And then the third, I guess, is someone like when you started the business. You know, They're on the cusp of becoming a you know one of the people you work with in, in your clients. They're becoming a senior leader, launching their own business. They're at that, I guess, important inflection point of the thing I do is going to be the thing I do for the next 10 or 20 years. Is that what I want to do? And I'd love to get your advice for each of them. Oh, well, some of them I would give the same piece of advice to absolutely every one of them. And and that is going back to the word listen. If you have an idea or if you've, you know, been developing an idea and it's now maybe quite a mature idea, you constantly need to listen to your customers to understand what they're looking for. You know, you can come up with a great idea and we've been guilty of this in the past by saying, we think this is a really good idea because we really like it. Well, maybe we really like it, but maybe our customers don't find a need for it and don't really want to pay for it. So I think listening to your customers, listening to the people around you who you are involving in your idea, they may be employees, they may be, I don't know, you know, stakeholders in your business, but listen to them, listen to what's their views are. You know, you may be the owner of the business or the owner of the idea, but you need people around you. You alone are not going to be the only person who makes this a success. You are going to need to rely on a team of people usually or people around you who are going to you know, make it a success, including your customers. So I'd say that listening to make sure that you, you get it right and that you don't just drift off onto a self-indulgent journey, what you think is a good idea. You know, I think there's a balance there. I think to the person who's just starting out on a business, be prepared to fail, <laughs> take the knocks, learn from them and don't do it again. I think that's tenacity. You just got to keep going. If you believe in something enough and you really can see its benefits, keep going. Surround yourself with people who can help you with that. And from a sales point of view and whatever your product service is, sell the benefits of it. Clients 
want to hear benefits and outcomes. They don't want to hear about product features. And it's very easy to just put something on the table and say, well, look, it's great. It's got a kind of pink button here and and then it's got a red thing there. And this is, if you press it, it does this. Not the point. It's what benefit is attached to that? What's the value of it for a customer? Because that is how you will get ahead. So that's what I'd say to the person starting out. I think for somebody who's sort of developing, keep innovating. And I go back, listen to your customers, keep innovating. Don't be just happy just to have an idea and think that's going to be the best idea forever and ever. The world's changing around you. So you need to constantly think of new, different ways of presenting your products or service and make sure that it's in tune with what your customers actually want. You know, stay ahead of the curve, in other words. Uh, don't be complacent. I mean, there's lots more I could offer those people because we've gone through it ourselves. I think for entrepreneurs and people who are starting up a business, don't always think that you've got to be in the driving seat. We did that for many years where the three of us were in the driving seat and it is not healthy. It's healthy to look at people who may be better than yourselves, people who've got experience that you don't have to get them in to help drive your business forward. You'll have a stake in the business, so you'll benefit from it ultimately, but don't feel that you've got to be the chief cook and bottle washer and take control of everything because that is really important. And that's a lesson that we've learned. And when we changed and stopped doing that, everything started to far on all full cylinders. So I can tell you that's the way it goes. And I think for people who are, you know, establishing and putting their roots down, have a plan and have a plan that your colleagues or maybe your fellow stakeholders are on the same page with. We talked about this earlier. Make sure that you are constantly aligning with each other about what success will look like. When do you want to exit? Do you want to exit? Do you want to sell? Make sure that you're all on the same page because the minute you become misaligned is the minute that things can start to go a little bit pear-shaped and a whole lot more, but just for a start of 10. I think there's a lot in there. And Alison, thank you, because like you say, I'm sure there's a lot more you could share and a lot more you have as well over the course of this conversation. And so this next question is to give back advice. And it might be things that we've talked about already in the episode. It might be new things. And it's worth saying that while I try and keep this question simple, I've, I've tweaked it slightly, just knowing some of the things we've touched on in your journey. And so the question is, you've got three people in front of you. One is just starting out their career. Normally that's in consulting. Obviously for yourself, you start in the charity sector, but that's someone just starting out their career. Second is someone probably when you, you know, you started the TCM group. So someone who's just launching a a business might be in their twenties, might be in their thirties, but they're just launching that, taking that first step. And then the third person will be someone to our conversation around the sort of TCM V1 and V2. Someone in that V2, they're scaling their organization or maybe they've scaled it. And I'd love to just get your one piece of advice for, for each of those three people. Okay, thank you. So I think to the person who's just starting out, I think it's difficult, isn't it? Because you don't, don't want to sound trite, but you know, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing. You, you, know, you know, others might not do so, but don't let the voices in your head that can't do this, won't do this, this won't work. Don't let them get in the way. You know, I've got, a, I've got three kids, and I can see when they're doing the maths homework, they can't do this, and then they sit, they can't do it. And you kind of go, so part of doing maths homework with the kids is saying you can do this. And of course, when they've changed their mindset and reframed the mindset from can't to can, 
those I don't have to sit and do the maths with them. I'm coaching them to change the mindset. So have belief in yourself and there'll be other people out there and the world is littered with them who'll tell you you can't do something, you can. But when it doesn't work and fail it will, don't be put off by that. Keep going and keep keep believing in yourself, but don't be afraid of changing direction and being nimble and being agile. So that'd be my advice to the person who's just setting out in the world, I think, Nick. Someone has just started their business and gave it all. Well done. Congratulations. It's the best thing that you, you, you can possibly do. Expect challenges. Try to plan and prepare ahead. I mean, it's hard sometimes when you're running at a million miles per hour, trying to do everything and um, and, and then some with people's expectations. But by yourself, I guess I'm going, if I say the word work on the business, not in the business, I'll probably scream. I can't believe I would say, it. but give yourself some thinking time. The value of thinking whether you're walking a, a dog or taking a stroll somewhere or find time for you to just think. And thinking is so powerful. So just wherever that might be, try and squirrel yourself away for sometimes just to think things through and try to think ahead. And I'm a, I'm a born optimist and optimists are great, you know, but I'm always late for everything and I always think it will work out in the end. So all, also be honest when you're doing your planning. You know, be honest with yourself, what could go wrong and how will I manage it when it goes wrong and, and try and design that in. I guess if you're going into an organisation and shaping an organisation, put people before process. Our organisations, whether they're con consultancies through to global corporates and, and, and public bodies, have had this nasty, horrible culture developing over the last 40 or 40, 50 years. We've got wrapped up with bureaucracy, complexity, process, policies, procedures for this, that and the other. And it's made us tangled up in a, in a web of red tape and complexity. And I understand the rules. I understand the regulations. But put people before process. Focus on your purpose, your people, the planet. Think about what's really important and then let the rules of your organization evolve, but don't let them shape everything in your company. Because I've seen organizations drowning in rules and processes and they've lost sight of what's important. What's important are our people and our, and our purpose. And I think someone is approaching the end of their, their growth period. Congratulations, you've made it. And you know, share the wisdom, share the knowledge, mentoring others, mentoring, mentoring young leaders and, 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 and aspiring entrepreneurs and go out and, and share what you've learned and share what you know and be generous with that I think would be uh, my advice to someone who's, who's approaching the end of that and I know I know so many people do and there are some wonderful mentoring schemes and business mentoring so I celebrate all of that so that'd be my advice is you know don't keep it in go and spill the beans <laughs> and go and help and encourage and inspire others as well. And our last question for today and I'm I'll be honest, I'm testing out changing this just a little, but you, you can sort of take it as you want. So there's three people in front of you. And for yourself, that's someone who's just entering consulting. I normally at the end talk about someone who's just made it to partner. But I think given our journey and our story, I'd be fascinated about them, but also someone who's actually leading a business. And so you've got those three people in front of you. What one piece of advice would you give to each? I think I'm probably going to pick up some of the things we've, we've, we've talked about. So it might not be a surprise to your listeners. So for the junior... I would say find some mentors, look around, people you can learn from and take your time and be very thoughtful and considered about learning the lessons. Don't be a 22-year-old or a 25-year-old Mark Campbell and think you know it all because you definitely don't. If you're in a consulting organization, you're hugely privileged. You've got such a rich learning environment of massively capable people around you. Suck it up, suck it up, ask questions and 
in my experience, most people will be very happy to give you time and help you and answer your questions. So that's that's my advice to the junior, let's say. Uh, the second one was a partner, is that right? I think, yeah, if we go to, so someone who's, well, you just approaching or just made partner, so that sort of early leadership position, if you like. Yeah. I'm going to give two bits of advice if I can. Please. The first bit is you can't do everything. Okay. So when I made partner, I suddenly thought, well, I'm going to just do more and more work and, and, and read everything and read it twice. And, and you can't. Uh, so most organizations are like a black hole. The more you give, the more they'll suck in. So you just realize that no matter how senior you are, you can't do everything. But the second thing, and this is more important than the first thing, I would encourage people who just made pond to kind of sit back and reflect and say, who are you now going to help to get to the level you're at or to get up? The, the tree, whatever whatever the tree is or the ladder, and how are you going to help them? Who are you going to help and how are you going to help them? That is your responsibility and what are you going to do about it? And then the final person, someone who could have been or could be in your your role at Hedra now, you know, heading heading a business, sort of how does that change? And you might say it's the same advice as you gave to the partner, but what would you say to those people? When you're the head of a business, there are so many things you could get involved in and uh, I've mentioned earlier on in the podcast, uh, probably the, the best mentor I've had in my career was Linton Barker when I was at Hedra. And uh, Linton gave me a piece of advice was, every time something comes onto your desk, think of who you're going to pass it to. Think of who you're going to hand it off to. Now, this is really for people who are in a larger organization. So let me just kind of uh, tweak that a little bit. What I would say to the head of a business is, write down, think about it, but write down the two priorities you have. And then every day, just be asking yourself, what am I going to be doing today to drive those two priorities? Now, you can't focus all of the time every day on those two priorities. But if you get to a Friday evening and you've done nothing or very little, you've probably not spent your time wisely. And your most precious commodity as the leader of that business is your time and what you do with it. And if you're not spending time on the two biggest priorities, then either they're not the right priorities or you're not spending your time wisely. So that's what I would say. I love that bit of advice. And I, you're point about the black hole i think is such a powerful metaphor and actually again i try not to open these up mark but back to that culture and mental health i think so often we as consultants we can fall into the trap of doing more is is better and actually become bitter that the organization is letting us whereas to your point actually going the other way and and doing the right amount delivering value helping your colleagues your clients but taking that ownership and accountability that you decide how much you give beyond that certain point, you know, beyond what you need to, because I'm sure, you know, I, I found myself in this circumstance when I was consulting, you know, sometimes you work till 10 at night because you feel you should, and no one's going to tell you not to, but that's kind of incumbent on you to know you shouldn't as well. I think a really nice quote. I can, you'll find that on our LinkedIn shortly, I'm sure. <laughs> well, just if I, if I might just indulge that a little bit further, I think it is worth it because it is so important and just, Perhaps I'm picking or going back to something we touched on earlier. I reflect now in terms of people, consultants working in business, I think it's really, really important to have happy people. It's important for them as individuals, and that means it's important for wider society and their families. So regardless of the business value, but it's important for them to be happy. It's important for the business because if they're happy, they're probably producing more, giving you that extra 5%, uh, going the extra mile when they need to, and being a better kind of colleague in the office or a, a colleague in the client environment. 
And as part of that, they're probably a, an ambassador or champion for your culture as well. So, I mean, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't want to create an environment where you have happy people. Now, that doesn't mean you can have happy people every day of the week, every minute of the day. But if, broadly speaking, you can create an environment where people are happy, then that feels like a, a pretty good thing for the individual, the business and wider society. And I think that would be, you know, that, that would be a great ambition. Yeah, so the, the first piece of advice for like new kind of like individuals, often right, they come in and, and they almost think about consulting as kind of like when you take classes at school, right? You got to take all the classes because that allows you to kind of like progress to, to that next level. The challenge in consulting is that's not really how it works because you get placed on projects and there is no magical checkbox where kind of like you're thinking through and say, okay, I check all these boxes, next level, check all these boxes, next level. So I always try to bring it back in the end, what you want to do is provide value. (laughs) And so whatever position kind of like that you're being placed in, whatever your role is on a project, right, you're seeking to provide value to your case team, to your clients, right, as you're kind of like executing those roles. So that's kind of like, the first piece that kind of like I would highlight for kind of like three, six months out of school, kind of like individuals. The piece that I would highlight to like individuals that are the three, four, five year mark is storytelling. Right. Consulting, it's a storytelling job. It doesn't matter, honestly, what you do. You can build a financial model. Your financial model tells a story. If you create a slide presentation, it should create a story. If you write a discussion guide for an interview that you're looking to have with with somebody, you're writing a story. So everything goes back to the elements of of storytelling. And if you're a good storytelling storyteller, there's almost nothing that you cannot do (laughs) within consulting because that's how you engage with clients. You're telling them the story that allows them to buy into the strategic direction that, that you're providing to them. So that's probably what I would give to like the individuals that are like three, four, five years kind of like into it. And then the, the last piece in individuals that are getting to that principal partner level, my recommendation is play for the long term. It's very easy to kind of like look at, oh, I have this like project opportunity in front of it, right? I'm going to go all in and capture it. And you kind of know that the project will be torture. And so finding that right balance and building those strategic relationships with clients where you can have like be that true strategic partner rather than being purely looked at as like just another vendor that comes in, helps them with something and then is gone. And so that makes being a partner sustainable. If it's always kind of like you need to be on the hunt for that next thing that may be exciting, but doesn't set you up to the path of sustainability, I think is something that I would definitely recommend. Like I, I, I would recommend if when I were in that position <laughs> to myself and then I, like when people come up as well to kind of like highlight kind of like that, that nuance kind of like there's winning work and that's winning work that will actually help you for the next three, four, five, ten 10 years because it sets you kind of like in a direction that can help you kind of like uh, make this a uh, make this a more sustainable kind of like uh, like pathway. Yeah, I think for the person just starting is be open to new things, be willing to try kind of like accept that whatever plan you have for yourself if if that works out that way, then that's, you know, well done you. <laughs> My experience like bears no resemblance to what I might have thought I was going to end up doing. So just kind of, but I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. So I think that that just kind of be open to new things, be open to things people might ask you to do sometimes because they might have a good reason from experience of thinking, actually, this would be good for you to do. So whether you can see it or not, kind of trust that from a leadership perspective a bit. And sometimes I just need you to do stuff, but by being willing to kind of do stuff that might not be the most exciting thing you've ever done before, you kind of show willing. And so I think just 
be open, try new things, get involved, because that's, that's how you learn. I think for the person a few years in, it's like, what are you really enjoying doing? And how can you navigate your way to doing more of that? And in those kind of middle years or probably, particularly if in a bigger firm, that the point where you've got the opportunity to begin to specialize a bit and begin to take a bit of control because you've got some experience, you've got some stuff you're good at by that point. Give yourself some of that time to think about what those, be really honest with yourself about what are those things. And it kind of, if you could do anything, what would those things you'd be, you'd want to do, not the things you wouldn't, you would not want to do and try to take yourself in that direction and then begin to find people who can help you get into that direction and ask for help, I would say. And I think that it's probably similar with the approaching partner thing. I think it's going to be when you get, whether it's a partner title or a VP title, whatever the title is in your particular business, it's another title and another job and another kind of stepping stone up the greasy ladder, if you will. And so kind of, what do you want that to be? So kind of, yes, you're going to achieve the milestone of getting the promotion, if you will, but to what end? You know, what's the thing you want to create? What's the thing you want to be doing a few years after you've achieved that? So I think all of that is about, you know, really thinking about what do you love doing? What's going to make you want to do more of and making sure you kind of stay, stay true to that in whatever path you're taking. The first would be so new starter, get lots of good experience, deliver great work. Yeah. Start to take a view on the things you really enjoy most solid delivery, get your foundation skills in place. Four or five years in, so I'm now kind of manager level, kind of probably, depending on the practice. So I would say, start thinking about your personal brand seriously. I'm not saying leave it till then only, but yeah, there you really need people to understand what you stand for. Uh, uh, you know, when, when people think about it's a procurement project or, oh, it's a category management project or whatever, what name comes to mind? Also, you know, is it, is it, do you want to be famous for being a solid deliverer or a great strategist? But just think about what you want your personal brand to be. That's going to be important because building on that comes to the third. Yeah. You need to then at the point where you're getting towards partner level, you need to demonstrate that you can't, you are economically self-sufficient and responsible and can feed a team. So, you know, build, building on my personal brand and where I want to practice, you're building a practice. And the best way to get promoted to partner is to already be doing the job. So, so yeah, make sure you're already selling the work, delivering the work, mentoring the people, recruiting great people. But, you know, really, you know, I said some things earlier in this conversation about, yeah, you don't just want to be an independent practitioner as a partner. You want to work as part of a wider team. But at the same time, make sure you are so, yeah, a, 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 an entity that is self-supporting. So I think I'm going to give one piece of advice to the new person, which will equally apply to the other two. And then perhaps the same piece of advice to the, to, to the manager and the person approaching partner. So to the person who's just starting out, I think I'd try and offer some real advice around the way that they think about what they're doing. And we talked about it with factfulness just then. We talked about the internal locus of control earlier on. But I think there are a number of core mindsets or, or, or attitudes which can really accelerate your development as you go through your career and have, have massively benefited me going through mine. So one that we talked about was assuming positive intent and saying, okay, is it really likely that this person has deliberately written this email 
as an attempt to politically undermine me personally uh, out of the 30 recipients that are on the email? Or could it just be they're trying to do their very best to help the business and it has this unintended that perhaps they should have thought about, but they haven't thought about political consequence for me and just coming in with that underpinning of, no, fundamentally, almost everyone is trying to do a great job. They're doing the best that they can with the resources that they have available to them and coming at it with that positive intent. So positive intent is one of them making decisions based on, on, on real facts. And actually one of the things that it took me a long time, longer than it should have perhaps to learn was actually to have the humility to see what's really actually happening rather than coming in with confidence and some assumptions and, and a hypothesis about what's going on and, and cherry picking and finding what I was expecting to find and rather actually taking the time to really gather the information in an unbiased way and having the humility to recognize when you perhaps you do have a bias and to allow that to allow yourself to to see what's really happening and to perhaps be surprised by what the right thing to do is is going to be different from the hypothesis that you had maybe maybe coming in so that would be to the person who's just starting, although I'm sure there's aspects of that that would help at any level. And I think for the manager and the person approaching partner, I would just say, um, really put the client at the center of everything that you're doing. Really listen to them, really try and understand the situation that they find themselves in as a company and also as that individual that you're speaking to at that moment, even if that's not the person who's paying the bill, even if that's not the person who's hired you, really taking the time each time that you have one of those interactions with a member of the client's team to say, right, how can I help this individual as much as I possibly can in this moment and at this time is something that I'd say has been the foundation of all of the success that I've had so far. And it's something that I'm constantly trying to remind myself and, and do as much as I can, even in those really busy periods that we were talking about, just really being present, understanding the person that you're speaking to and, and understanding how you can help them as best you can. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Climbing Consulting. If you have any guest recommendations, comments, ideas, thoughts on how I can make this show better for you, just drop me an email. It's nick at createengage.co.uk. And I really look forward to hearing from you.